Okay, today is September the 27th, 2011. We got some thunder, we got some lightning, we got some black clouds. I don't know about you, but I didn't get any rain. But at least maybe it's just practicing for when it comes. It will come when God wants us to come. Let's prepare ourselves this evening in our usual way. We'll have a few moments of silent prayer, the opportunity to rebound if necessary. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this time you've given us to be here to focus our attention upon your word. We pray that we will remember that you are a mighty, righteous, holy God that is a fearful thing to fall into your hands if you're arrogant. We pray that you'll help us to be humble, to continue to seek you, to metabolize the doctrine that we'll go over tonight, that we can be able to file it into long-term memory so it would be usable and that we can be good and faithful servants. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. I don't know if you get Israel, my glory, but if you don't get it, you're missing out. This is another great issue. By the way, there is somehow Country Bible Church Library gets one. And uh, evidently someone has found it because this looks like an elephant set on it. <laughs> it's, it's been read. That's good. But if you don't have it and you'd like to read it, I'm just going to leave it uh, up here. You can mosey on over here and pick it up and whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to do. <laughs> uh, you can read it. If you want to take it home, just bring it back. Anyway, in, in the issue, this latest issue, there was a says a, a little bitty blurb here, Delta may adopt no Jew fly policy. That got my, um, yeah, I did the same thing. I said, what? It says, Delta Airlines' latest deal with Saudi Arabia Airlines may ban Jewish people from boarding Delta planes in the United States bound for Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. WorldNet Daily reported that Delta wants to add the Saudi carrier to its Sky Team Alliance which will mean adopting Saudi policies on flights to, to Saudi. Former U.S. Representative Fred, Fred Grady and his wife Catherine, who are fighting the infiltration of Sharia law into the United States, brought the issue before Congress. Jeffrey Lovekey, Washington, D.C. attorney, said that the Saudis could also force Delta to ban Americans wearing certain clothing and prevent them from carrying and reading religious literature of their choice on a plane that takes off from New York or Washington. This includes but is not limited to both Christian and Jewish sacred texts as well as any object that reflect their religion such as a cross, necklace, and so forth. I don't know about you, but I don't think that we need to forfeit our integrity, go against God's word just so that we can have a flight to Saudi. Um, so I could say more, but I'm going to say enough already, so I might as well get on with it. Um, you remember last week that I brought to your attention and I was somewhat 
uh, exercised, I guess you could say, about the day that the don't ask, don't tell policy was done with, which it was good that it was done with, shouldn't have been there to begin with, something worse replaced it, and that is open acceptance of homosexuals and lesbians into our military. Now, I've, I found something that I think I need to pass along to you because it, it solidified in my, in my thinking something that most people don't get, and it's an alarm bell. Uh, this is just one more piece of the puzzle, a very important piece, to show that judgment is not far away from our country. And this was just another piece of the puzzle accepting homosexuals into our military. I think I'll put this on the board. I hope you can see I put it in 20 font. We got our new screen up there, so usually I put it in at least 24 font, but uh, this time it's 24, uh, 20 font. There was an article, and the name of the article is Homosexuality Versus God's Holiness, and it's by John McTurnan. Now, I'll tell you when, when I'm quoting from him, I just took some of the synopsis from what he gave and put it in my own form. Most of these are my own notes, but when I'm quoting him, you'll be able to tell it's in a different font, and I have quotation marks around it. Uh, I want to start with Genesis chapter... 15 verse 16. You can turn there if you like or you can just look up here. But in the fourth generation they shall return here for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. You should recognize this. God was not going to allow Joshua and the Israelites to go into the land of Canaan which would, by the way had Amorites and Canaanites. Sometimes they're used synonymously. And he was not going to allow them to go in there until what this says, the iniquity is not yet complete. In other words, it had to be complete. God is just. He was giving them time. He gave them 400 years to turn it around and to accept him. But they were exceedingly evil and decadent. And that is when he poured his wrath out on them and took them out. But I want to look at this word complete because it has everything to do with where we are today and what this article is about. The word complete in the Hebrew is shalem, S-H-A-L-E-M, and it means complete, full, finished, at peace, and peaceful seems a little odd. You, go, you can understand complete, full, finished, all the same. But then, then you get at peace and peaceful. It combines the idea of being completed with being at peace. It means to be fully at peace with iniquity. Iniquity is no longer shameful or disgraceful. It is not hidden or done in the dark. The people are friendly with it. They are accustomed to it. It is at this point that a nation is subject to the judgment of God. That's what the word complete there, some translation says until the iniquity of the Amorites is full in the English, but it means the same thing. You'll notice that shalem is pretty close to shalom. Shalom means peace. So this is a derivative of it, but it means a complete 
being friendly to or accepting something, and in this case it's talking about iniquity, to where it's no longer hidden, it's totally accepted, this is when God judges nations. In Leviticus chapter 18, verse 3, God is warning the Israelites. He says, After the doings of the land of Egypt wherein ye dwelt shall ye not do. You're not going to do the things that they did, idolatry and so forth. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, you're not going to do the things that they do because they are deplorable, they're, they're despicable. He says, whether I bring you, when he brings, you, brings them into the land, shall you not do, you shall not do the things that they're doing in Canaan, neither shall you walk in their ordinances. This is worth going to in your Bible. I want you to underline the word ordinance because this is key to what I'm trying to present this evening. The key word in Genesis 15:16 was complete or full. The key word in Leviticus 18.3 is ordinances. Neither shall you walk in their ordinances. Now the word ordinances in Hebrew is kuka. Kuka. You have a ch sound which is guttural. And then you have a K sound, which is ka. Kuka, it means ordinance, statute, law. God was about to judge the Canaanites and drive them off the land. The judgment was coming not because, listen to this, the judgment was coming not because individuals were committing iniquity, not because there was gross homosexuality in the land, but because iniquity was accepted into their society by custom and codified into their laws and ordinances. When a society becomes so at peace with iniquity that it protects it by law, then God judges it. God's judgment is imminent. Yes. Ordinances. It, you might have a... a uh, statutes. Uh, it depends on what translation you have. But if you have statutes, I think if you have a New American Standard, which probably most of us have, it's statutes. Uh, this was, I think, a King James or a, a different one. Ordinances, statutes, it's the same thing. Now here's a quote from this article from John McTan... How do you say this again? McTernan... And he says, when our government enacts laws that promote sins such as sodomizing the military and legalizing same-sex marriages, this is what triggers God's judgment on that nation. It is not the homosexual act, but it is when it becomes law protected and promoted. You see, this is, this is when the judgment is imminent. It's true, we have had homosexuality for a long time. But we are moving, probably have already moved into that area where we are codifying it into our laws. We are essentially having the ordinances of the Amorites because that's what they did. They codified it in their laws. Now, we're talking about iniquity, so look at, let's look at the word iniquity. In the Hebrew, it is 
avon, A-V-O-N, and it means perversity, depravity, iniquity. It includes such acts as adultery, child sacrifice, homosexuality, and bestiality. That is what iniquity is, and I will go to the verse to show you. Homosexuality is signal, uh, singled out from this group and described as an abomination, and we see it in these verses that follow. Leviticus chapter 18, verses 20 through 24, is telling you what iniquity is. There's the command, verse 20, verse 20. And you shall not have intercourse with your neighbor's wife to be defiled with her. Neither shall you give any of your offsprings to offer them to Moloch. Moloch was, of course, one of the idols, one of the gods that had fire. And they would sacrifice their children. They would have them burned alive. I'll tell you this. I don't, I, we have a small crowd here. I think I can tell you this. And they got to be so decadent that the only way that they could have any satisfaction in having sex was when they would hear the crying of their children as they were being burned alive. That's what was going on in Canaan. Next Sunday when we get to Joshua, and we're going to see how Joshua is going to go to one city after another after another, and he's going to annihilate everything that breathes. Just remember, that's what was going on. And God gave them 400 years to turn it around, and they got worse. So you'll not offer your offsprings to Moloch, nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not lie with a male as one lies with a female. It is an abomination. Also, you shall not have intercourse with any animal to be defiled with it, nor shall any woman stand before an animal to mate with it. It is a perversion. Do not defile yourself by any of these things, for by all these things the nations which I am casting out before you have become defiled. They were doing all these things and more. Now what I'm showing you is what iniquity is. We looked up here. God held off until the iniquity of the Amorites was complete. He says, he told the Israelites, neither shall you walk in their ordinances. You shall not have laws. You shall not codify. You shall not have customs or rituals that have anything to do with this decadence. The Bible says, because of iniquity, the land will vomit out its inhabitants. Leviticus 18, 25, and 26. These are the next two verses. For the land has become defiled, therefore I have visited its punishment upon it. So the land has spewed out its inhabitants. But as for you, you are to keep my statutes and my judgments and shall not do any of these abominations. If the laws are going to be passed, they should be righteous laws, righteous ordinances, statutes, reflecting the righteousness of God. Now, nations have freedom. God has given them freedom. And they can enact whatever kind of laws and ordinances and statutes and customs they desire. 
But when a nation starts to have its iniquity full and complete by codifying into law, protecting and promoting these abominations, that nation is going out. God will see to it. Here's a quote from the article. The explosion in America of pornography, lewd movies, fornication, adultery, divorce, and homosexuality are all clear signs that the nation has become depraved before God. Now, some say have become, uh, I think it says, um, repugnant. The acceptance and promotion of homosexuality as being an alternative lifestyle is the key sign that the end of the road of becoming depraved. This is the sign. It, it, it's a sign that the iniquity is, if not full, is close to it. Now, here's the word depraved. This is the same word I, I'm showing you here. Um, depraved in this is where this word is the same word that's used in Romans 1:28 and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer these are those who started worshiping the creation instead of the creator who burned in lust for the same sex these are the same these are the people that he's talking about God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. So there is a point to where a society and an individual no longer struggles with their sin, and specifically we're talking about the sin of homosexuality, lesbianism, same-sex sexual uh, things. And so there is a point to where they are not embarrassed, they're not ashamed, their lust burns, and they get to a point to where they hate God, they are depraved at that point, and God says, okay, I'll turn you over to your depravity. When he turns them over to their depravity is when it goes berserk, and he takes them out. That's essentially what this is talking about. Now let's look at the word depraved. The word depraved is adokimos, A-D-O-K-I-M-O-S, that's the alpha negative. Dokimos means to be approved, and the negative means not approved or unapproved. So it means unapproved, unworthy, spurious, worthless, depraved, rejected, cast away, a reprobate. That's the word I was looking for up here. Uh, in the article, actually, he was talking about being reprobate before God. And I didn't think that reprobate really communicated as well as depraved. But someone who is a reprobate is someone who is depraved in their soul. So it means cast away a reprobate, a bondable mind, a mind to be abhorred by God and man. That's what it means to be depraved. And individuals and nations who become depraved, God turns them over to their depravity and there seems to be an endless bottomless pit of immoral lust and then he judges them. Now here's more of a quote from that article. 
American as a nation is a long way down the road to developing a depraved national consensus. In 1963, America turned from God when the Supreme Court removed Bible reading and prayer from the schools. Since then, the knowledge of God has been systematically removed from all areas of our society. Now listen to this. In direct proportion to the removal of the knowledge of God, there's also been an acceptance of fornication, adultery, and the promotion of homosexuality and abortion. See, if you're, 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 it's just like a nation. It's just like your soul. Your soul is going to be occupied with something. And when you're occupied with God and you are living a righteous life, you are striving to live a righteous life, then there's going to be blessing. But when you turn away from God, when you no longer are hungry for doctrine, then that void is filled with the other side of that coin, and that is, can be even all the way to demonic activity. And in this case, when the nation turned away from God, as it was a direct proportion to the remo removal of knowledge of God, here came the homosexual, uh, the fornication, adultery, uh, all of this. The media in Hollywood glorify, uh, glorify these lifestyles. And, and it's just sickening to me. Um, you may be a Dancing with the Stars fan. There was one time I watched it and because Carrie and I took a ballroom dancing and we know uh, some of the steps that they do, even the... Ma, uh, rhomba and samba and cha-cha and all these things. And it was kind of enjoyable for us, but this time I'm not even watching it. They have uh, someone that is a transgender. They have homosexuals on there. And why can't they just leave all that out and allow people to watch something and be entertained without having to promote all that? But this is what we see constantly is this promotion of Hollywood TV. They have this modern family uh, uh, there's so many shows across the board that they, they are forcing that on the, on the people. And the people at least still have a choice. You can just turn it off. So, of course, Hollywood is promoting this and glorifying these lifestyles. The courts have established them as, that is, homosexuals, as rights. They have rights. The college campuses are fertile ground for these lifestyles. Even political parties promote them. This very week, I responded to an article that was written in the A&M uh, paper, newspaper, from, unfortunately, a homeschooler. It was all about a T-shirt that he wore, and it had gay accepts, uh, uh, God accepts, um, God accepts you. Yeah, but all the letters were, it was across the first letters are G-A-Y, and they were all hot pink. God accepts you. God accepts you if you are promoting homosexuality on campus. Essentially was what it was. Anyway, uh, it gave me a chance. To, I, I wrote two pages and responded to that, and um, maybe I'll put that on somehow, make it available to you if you're interested in seeing that. But th this happens just about everywhere you go. This is being pushed, as you'll see. Now, Here's more. This is still a quote. The United States is now enacting 
by both custom and law and ordinances of the Amorites, same thing they were doing, therefore the nation is defiled before the holy God of Israel and faces his judgment. By promoting homosexuality, America has become like the ancient pagan Amorites and has now come under the judgment of God. America promotes homosexuality by custom with events such as Gay Pride Day, Gay Awareness Month, which, by the way, is June, Gay Day at Disneyland, Gay Day at sporting events, and events like the Southern Decadence in New Orleans. I don't know. I've never heard of that one, but at least they got the name right. There are gay clubs in high schools and colleges. Now, I added this little part here myself. There are gay clubs in high schools and colleges, homosexual chat rooms, homosexual personal ads in newspapers, homosexual computer dating, homosexual bars, restaurants, athletic clubs, homosexual parades, homosexual police chiefs, mayors, congressmen, all homosexual. I mean, they're not all homosexual, but they're in all of these areas. The political parties are pandering to homosexuals for their votes. By custom, homosexuality has woven into the fabric of America. America is continually making ordinances to advance homosexual agenda. Sodomites can legally marry in California and Massachusetts, while many states recognize civil unions. Homosexuals are now able to adopt children and gain custody of children during a divorce. There are now numerous hate speech laws which are being used to silence op opposition to the homosexual agenda. This hate speech is a heinous thing, and it is accepted, it's promoted. It, 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 what, it, what I can see, and I've been around other pastors who have, have talked about this, that it, it's very possible in the not-too-distant fu future where they will make laws that anybody, whether they're a pastor or not, that condemns homosexuality, especially if they come out and say it's a sin, will be guilty of hate crime speech and will be locked up. You think it can't happen here? It's already happening in other countries. Open homosexuals are being ordained in some churches, and there are now homosexual churches. Churches just for homosexuals. America is a long way down the road to enacting all the ordinances of the Amorites. The Bible warns of God's judging a nation that walks in these ordinances. When the collective attitude of a nation is friendly towards homosexuality, then at this point the iniquity is full. It is apparent that the cup of America's sin is rapidly filling up. America, Americans hardly blush anymore at fornication and adultery. The legitimatizing of abortion was an additional ordinance of the Amorites. Homosexuality is fast becoming a constitutional right. The only ordinance left to fulfill Leviticus 18 is bestiality. This is probably next on line to become an ordinance. Following God's word brings blessing, health, and long life. Following the depraved mind brings disease, death, and destruction. Then I have a couple of, of closing verses. This is to show you that 
those who say, well, they can't help it, they're born that way and so forth. The Bible talks about certain sins, and he says sins which you once committed, but you were washed, you were renewed. In other words, uh, by the way, if anybody tries to trot that out at you and say that uh, this is just in their genes, which has never been proven, it's, it's a lie, if indeed it's not the fault of homosexuals for doing, committing these abominations, then God is unjust. Because in the Old Testament, God, for the crime of homosexuality or lesbianism, bestiality, those things, God had the penalty to be execution. Now, if it wasn't their fault, then God is not just in doing that, which is a horrible and blasphemous thing to say. When I watch the news and I see them showing, trying to garner pity for these people in the military who are homosexuals and lesbians, saying they're not getting equal, uh, equal justice, and trying to show how we should be sorry for uh, persecuting them and not allowing them to be openly gay in the military. This is what most people hear over and over. If you don't have doctrine, if you don't have a church and a pastor that's speaking out about it, you're going to adopt that depraved mind. And I'm afraid that's what's happened to a large degree. Because when you speak out, it's going to be harder and harder to speak out about these abominations. I don't, I don't know about you, but this might be the acid test for us to just see God go to work on our behalf. We might all be visiting each other in jail one of these days. If we do, we'll have a prayer meeting. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? You all remember me teaching you this. Now, a lot of people misconstrue this. And this whole laundry list of sins that people have committed and they're not going to uh, inherit the kingdom of God, this does not say they're not going to inhabit it. They're not going to get any rewards for sure. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. And notice, homosexuals are on the list. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. And what you never hear on the news are the homosexuals that recognize that this was a sin and now they have families. They have uh, had victory over this sin, this abomination. There's organizations that have lists of them. You'll never hear that on the news. You'll hear that on the news about as often as you hear Ron Paul's name on the news. Uh, Colossians 3, 5 through 7. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry, because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, 
in which you yourself once walked. Look at that. Once walked when you lived in them. Now, fornication, some will say, well, that doesn't say homosexuality. Fornication, parnia, means any sexual activity outside of marriage. So it includes homosexuality, bestiality, pederasty, uh, just the whole ghastly menagerie of the immoral sins is in that fornication. But again, it says, which you yourself once walked. Okay, I just wanted to... This is what was striking me today. I put this together because... I know that we are on thin ice. You've heard me say that before. But now I've tried to solidify it in your mind as it has in mine. Because we can look through history, we can look through the accounts in the Bible, and when you, like the Amorites, codify into law, into statutes, those things which God condemns, especially the abominable things, then... Your time is short. I think that we probably are like the, the Jews when the day of Pentecost, the gift of tongues, was, was given. And the, the purpose is, that is found in Isaiah 28 for the, the spiritual gift of tongues, which was a warning, a wake-up call to the Jews. When you see... Jews being evangelized in Gentile languages, beware. Your time is short. You better get it together. You better start humbling yourself and being obedient to God. That was the message to the Jews. And that was in a, uh, about 33 A.D. Within 37 years later, they were out. Fifth cycle of discipline, and they were dispersed for 2,000 years. Now, we can think that we are superior. We can think that this will never happen to us because we are the United States. I don't care who you call yourself. These are things that we can go to the Bible as a measuring stick to see that the time is short. And I'm not talking about even the rapture. The rapture could come at any time. It could come right away. But I'm saying the time is short for us as a nation if... It is not turned around. And I don't know about you, but I see no signs of it turning around. I see it getting worse. So we are not to despair, but we are to be all the vigilant to stand firm for the faith. If people could understand what God is telling us through His Word, but who's, who pays any attention to God's Word? And how many, how many pastors and how many churches are being truthful with their congregation and saying the balloon is, balloon is about to go up, you better get ready because God's judgment is going to fall. And I agree with, what's his name, the uh, evangelist, Billy Graham. He says if God does not judge the United States of America for its decadence, then he will have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. And it's a travesty that these things happen and not a ripple from... You don't hear the outcry from the church. That was on the news. I heard it. I'm, a, I'm just responsible for myself and this church. And I'm making the outcry now. 
It's a wake-up call, and we better observe it. We better double our efforts with regards to our spiritual life and be ready when those the persecution may be coming our way. You'd never think, well, I just read about Jews not being allowed to board on a flight, a Delta flight in the United States. If you have a Bible, you have to get rid of it. If you're wearing a cross, you have to get rid of that. I mean, how could this stand in our country? But according to everything else that has happened, we might very well read in another month or two, well, this is going to take place, and everybody just, ah. they just yawn and, What's on TV? Well, yeah, I for kissing. I saw that. I'm glad you brought that. See, there are some people out there that are standing for the faith. And what I say, what I say though, is good for Southwest Airlines. You know. Well, the girl, she worked for Southwest Airlines, but... Well, I don't know. Now, maybe I'm saying too fast, good for Southwest. She worked for Southwest. Yeah. Why should everybody in a plane be subject to having to watch this immoral activity blatantly right before their eyes? That's not what freedom is about. And the fact that they remove that, I applaud that. And people are all legalistic. No, we don't. The Bible says don't even entertain those things in your thoughts. And we have been swimming in the sewer so long we no longer even smell it when these type things happen. And on TV, you never, you can't even watch. I'm, I'm glad that I don't have a youngster watching TV because you never know when some two males or two females are just going to go at it. You never know what's going to happen. Well, not only do they have Playboy, they have this, uh, what is it? called a bachelor bachelorette and they well you want to you want to sleep with me tonight okay fine here's the key let y'all go on in there uh, well what i'm telling you is for you to understand when it starts to be accepted to the point to where you codified into the laws which is what is happening to us all of the uh laws of sodomy have been thrown out and now they have the hate speech uh, laws and all the rest of it uh it's it's a it's a red light going off it's a warning sign and we're there okay let's go back to second thessalonians now i didn't mean to take so long on that but it was stuck in my craw and i had to get it out i must say i feel better <laughs> Okay, uh, we are in the review. We're talking about separation. I think this is appropriate, too, that we're talking about separation because people would be horrified if you separated from someone who was into some kind of immoral sexual activity. It has been so uh, so accepted. I'm, I'm appalled at the churches. Do you know that the... Uh, Presbyterian churches are divesting themselves from anything that has to do with Israel. They are, it, it's a huge anti-Semitic move. In the Episcopal Church, in the Presbyterian churches, not only do we have, not we, but they, have homosexual, open homosexual uh, pastors, but there was a, a two of them that got married in a Presbyterian church. 
to it, it just there's a lot going on and people that don't consistently get the word are just wore down their sensitivity is all but gone okay first first corinthians chapter 5 verses 9 through 13 says I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with what? Immoral people. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was. Thank you. Here it is. Not to associate with immoral people. Uh, people. Wow, that was was that what they call a fraudulent? <laughs> Let me have a little water. Regroup. <laughs> mm. Remove the wicked man from among yourselves. So we are to remove that uh, from the fast crowd, from believers who live totally by their emotions and so forth. From the superficial social life and the apostate fun crowd. Jeremiah 15:17. I did not sit in the circle of the merrymakers, nor did I exult. Because of thy hand upon me, I sat alone, for thou didst fill me with indignation. That's the problem. We don't have any indignation in believers today. They're not indignant about all the atrocities and the immorality and the decadence that takes place right under our noses. Jeremiah 15, 19 through 20. Therefore, thus says the Lord, If you return, then I will restore you. What does it mean, return? Return to Him. This is a choice we all make. When we get off kilter, we make a choice, a deliberative choice to return to Him. And the way we return to Him is by what we say, rebound. We acknowledge our sins. We're humble before Him, and when we do that, then we're blessed. If you return to me, then I will restore you. Before me, you will stand. They, for their part, may turn to you, but as for you, you must not turn to them. That's the fast crowd. Those are the people who have no relationship with God. Uh, they're just into the world and all it can offer and so forth. Verse 20 says, Then I will make you to this people a fortified wall of bronze. And though they fight against you, they will not prevail over you, for I am with you to save you and deliver you, declares the Lord. I don't know why, but when I was reading this verse, verse 20, talk about uh, they will, for they, their part, they may turn to you. This is in verse 19. But as for you, you must not turn to them. Then I will make you to this people, a fortified wall of bronze. What I was thinking about was teenage girls right then. And all the boys that are out there that have one thing on their mind, they need to understand that if they turn to God, that God can make them a fortified wall of bronze that the, the most slick line cannot penetrate. And 
Though they fight against you, they will not prevail over you, for I am with you to save you and deliver you, declares the Lord. We ought to separate from unbelievers. When? When Bible doctrine would be compromised. An example is when marrying an unbeliever. There are times that we ought to tolerate, times that we're not to tolerate, and that is where discernment comes in. But you don't ever tolerate when you have to compromise doctrine to do it. You don't do it, period. Bible doctrine is compromised when you marry an unbeliever. Remember, you are influenced by the one with whom you have sex. They can influence you away from doctrine. I don't know how many times I have seen, I don't know why, mostly in most cases, young men who were just on fire for God. They were just taken off like a skyrocket. They couldn't get enough doctrine. They were hungry. And I always think, oh, well, I better warn them. Uh, nearly as a prophet, I say, there is some sweet young thing in your near future because that's what Satan uses. He will bring some good-looking gal into their life that is negative and then they have to make the choice. And they will woo this person who is on fire for the Lord away from the Lord. This is what we see in the Old Testament when God forbid the Israelites to marry foreign women. Who, who, who broke the record on that, by the way? <laughs> 700 wives, 300 concubines. Busy man. Uh, do not, this is 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. Do not be bound together with unbelievers, for what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial, or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what, has, <coughs> or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? What is he talking about, the temple of God? We are the temple of God. You know, I was reading, I spent so much time reading, I, I can't hardly remember where all the sources were. I think this was in the Israel My Glory, because this is all about the millennial kingdom. It's a great article. Anyway, um, it was talking about the temple that is going to be in the tribulation and there's going to be a different temple in the millennium. There's going to be sacrifices. There's a whole lot going on there. Anyway, every time I think about the temples, I think about the unique time that we live in. This is unique. There's always been temples except now. I'm talking about a physical building. Now, we are the building. Isn't that something? Aren't we unique that God would have us to be His temple during this time? So there is no uh, agreement with the, that God has with the... I mean, excuse me. There, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, look at this, come out from among their midst and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you. Verse 18, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. All of that is contingent upon 
whether we are going to separate from all of these uh, people or organizations, whatever it is, is darkness. God gave us volition. It's not just in marriage, but it's in all of these things that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean that you can't have friends with unbelievers, but if you have a friend as an unbeliever, what should you be doing? Witnessing to that person and being an example of what he needs to see God's power working through you. He needs to see you faith resting. He needs to see you glorifying and, and applauding God no matter what happens. He needs to see that confidence, that eternal sense of uh, destiny, all these things he needs to be seeing you. And the Lord will welcome you and he will be your sons and daughters. I think that for God's rejectors, I think we're at a point where we can stop and we'll pick this up next time. Doctrine of separation. Let's close. Father, we thank you for that you are holy, that you are righteous. There's not a hint of sin that can ever be directed your way. Your plan for the planet Earth and for us is to someday completely eradicate it to where there will be no sin. There will be a new heaven and a new earth, and this earth, the heavens will melt away with a great sound and be burned because you are a holy and righteous God. We're so thankful that you have given us the way to have a relationship with you. We are sinful creatures, but because of your grace and because of Christ's work on the cross, we are able to be in your royal family. We pray that you will keep us alert. We won't be afraid to stand off from people who would bring us down and try to have us accept the immorality that is so blatant in our society today. We pray that you will help us to be righteous stewards and that we will be able to reflect your glory. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen.